What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Kiss My Angelus. As always, I'm Sarah B., the Sleepy Bandit, and today I'm sitting down with two attorneys, Armand Matavosian and Melissa Archer, for an episode on gender and power. I want to put out a little trigger warning, as we will be discussing, among other things, rape and sexual assault. Also, any relevant links can be found in the post for this episode. Let's get right to it. So why did you guys decide to go into law initially? Like, where did that even start? Do you want to get- yeah, sure. Um, my parents told me to go into law school. All so right. That was, that, that was the short story. Uh, that was uh, that was the original original thing. Is like, there anyone in your family also in law? No, but I mean, it's like we come from a blue collar background, so it was like, oh, well, you do law or something. Okay. Did you just argue with your parents a lot? Like, I feel like did they hone in on law for any specific reason? You think they say that it fits my personality. Um, looking back on it, I would agree maybe, with that. Yeah, maybe it does. I mean, it's kind of like I've always been a little bit outspoken. I typically I'm not afraid to speak in public. Um, blah blah blah. But that was like the 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 reason I got into it. But to be honest, after I went to law school, I actually, I liked it. And I, and I still do. Nice. For one reason boring. only. Uh, two reasons. The money's good. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's very challenging. Mm-hmm. And the short moments of satisfaction you get from like, oh, I figured that out. Like, mm-hmm. I got that. To me, is very satisfying. I agree with I, that. I spent like five hours today working on this appeal. And it's, there's always the same exact pattern. I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm fucked, I'm fucked. Okay, let me go smoke like eight cigarettes in a row. <laughs> let, me, let me pace around, pace around, I'm fucked, I'm fucked. And then you'll stumble across the case that is exactly on what you're trying to do. And you're like, okay, great. I'm the best yeah. guy ever. It's the best job ever. That's awesome. Yeah, like the reward is as good as yeah. the yeah. struggle. So I went to law school because when I graduated from undergrad, I wanted to be a English professor. What did you, did you get your degree in English? In English. Okay. And my English professor, who I really respected and loved, he looked at me straight into the eye holes and he <laughs> said, please don't do this to yourself. You will spend a lifetime in poverty. Go to law school. You're too smart. Did an English was, teacher talk you out of being an English teacher? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry. That's yeah. Kind yeah. Of yeah. And that's why it really kind of hit home. I was like, this guy, yeah. I trust this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was kind of like, don't do it. <laughs> I'm know? in it. I'm on the inside. So I moved to, I, I went to London for a little while and like bartended. And then I went back to my hometown and bartended. And then I worked for another seminar company. That's how I know all those guys that, mm-hmm. that we met at the other, you know, and I, <laughs> you know, yeah, those, those guys. <laughs> so, um, you know, I took a year to really like try to decide and I still didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I had to make money, so I was like, I need to stall this a little bit longer. So I think I'll spend $140,000 on education. It came, that out was, that, it came out that cheap for you? Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty low. Oh, man, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, so that was, that, oh, was man, my, um, that was the beginning of a, lot, of a series of bad decisions. Just kidding. Actually, you know what? The thing about me is that it took me, I was admitted to the bar in Florida in 2002. Okay. It took me this long to appreciate 
that I went to law school and then I had the experience in litigation nice. and then I had all of the trials and tribulations. Yeah, and no, it all being, adds up. Because now the job that I have, I really like, and I would not be good at the job that I have now totally. if I wouldn't have done jury trials. Like, I, like you can't face me. Yeah. Like, some doctor yells at me at my job. I'm like, that's cute. Yeah. Like, wait until one of those oncologists is getting sued for malpractice. That's when they're, like, hard to deal with. Yeah. And, like, whenever you see the human element where their money's attached to it, and, like, that's a real problem. Them yelling at me about how my PowerPoint presentation has got, like, <laughs> shitty, you know, accoutrements. <laughs> Transitions. Yeah. That's actually absolutely true. And, like, I've already noticed, again, I'm obviously not as experienced as you are, but, like— the other day, like, my landlord called, and he's like, just, like, panicking. He's like, 10.30 a.m.? He's like, you guys did construction on your place? And, like, you left the trash outside the trash bin. Do you feel like, because I, I, I'm obviously not a lawyer, but do you feel like being a woman helps you specifically in that area? Because when you say that, I think, like, I have to do that to my male bosses throughout my the history of my career, I feel like, where you have to, like, confront those things in that, I hate to call it the wifely way, but I think of it that way now because of... I'm a wife. Um, I have an answer to that, but I want you to. Uh, well, I want to make sure I understand your last thought. Yeah. So, okay, so I think what you're saying is like the psychology aspect of it, right? Again, yeah. my, my boss always says like 90% of this job is like holding your client's hand mm-hmm. and sign like, okay, everything's going to be okay. Right. Um, but your second point was with regards to I'm as, saying a, like, as a woman? Yeah, as a woman. If you're saying it's hand holding, I think women, I don't want to say naturally, like are socialized to be more compassionate and hand-holding regularly like do you feel like that helped you and no i think that's actually what i think is bullshit Mm. like we're forced to do that because that's the way that people can digest information from us yeah just like softening it yeah so i don't think that it makes me a better lawyer Mm -hmm. at all well okay so here's kind of the interesting thing about that um i actually do think that works as a disadvantage to women because uh it's almost like, okay, if I, quote, hold my client's hand, my client comes in is panicking, and I hold their hand, mm-hmm. it's expected that at the end of that, now that I've held their hand, I'm going to tell them, okay, I'm going to take charge, say, this is what we're going to do. Right, and it's okay. Like, okay, they cried their, they cried on my shoulder. Uh-huh. I said, they're there, Here, here's a hanky, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to appeal this, and we're, we're going to mm-hmm. win. So as a male attorney, it's expected, okay, you have to understand what I'm going through, and then now you better provide the solution. Whereas I feel like, and I'm, again, I'm not a woman, but I anticipate that the situation is almost like, okay, let me cry on your shoulder, but don't you dare, dare suggest what I'm supposed to do about that now. Because right. if you do that now, oh, you're a bitch. Oh, it's like a that? conflict of like right. how women are That's kind what of I mean. Like, so cr- let me cry on your yeah. shoulder, but don't you dare take charge of the situation mm-hmm. or come up with a solution. Or let me waste your time, but I want to make sure that your partner is going to come to the deposition. Mm. Yeah. Well, they, they do that to me too, but they're just more of I don't think they respect me. Too. <laughs> no, but I was a partner. <laughs> oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Fair enough. I mean, How, what was your yeah, you answer to that? I mean, did no. you? <laughs> 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 I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'd go into a deposition and people would say, are you the court reporter? And I have a fucking notepad. I'd be like, yeah, I'm the court reporter. I'm going to write everything down on this notepad. <laughs> So, do, I mean, I don't even know where to start with that because what yeah, I— I know. We need to go back to the question. I mean, no, it's fine. It's just like I know that that's 
that's shit. Like, I feel like I definitely experienced stuff like that too in certain places where I work where they always kind of assume you're like the receptionist or whatever. And <laughs> well, let me go back to like your question though. And I'm yeah. sorry that I moved on. No, that's okay. Like uh, to answer your question, I think that not just in the practice of law, mm-hmm. I think that as women, we're expected to communicate a certain way. Right. And the unfortunate thing about that is whenever you follow that norm, mm-hmm. you reach a point to where you're no longer um, a leader. Yeah. And then you're criticized for not being a leader. So I don't follow that. But what happens to me in my career, and I've been fired a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. <laughs> What's a lot? Oh, God. I mean, every couple years. Oh, my God. Okay. But it's not because I don't do my job. It's right. because I refuse to play the game where I'm going to be... Um, where I'm going to wait on approval. Right, if right. You, if you ask me to do a certain job, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to give you recommendations, and I'm going to tell you when I disagree with you. And people love you when you're doing the job and you're on their side. Right. All of a sudden, you're insubordinate and a bitch whenever they're threatened by you or whenever you don't agree with them. Right. And I think that can happen to men, too. I'm not saying that, that doesn't happen, but I'm saying in my experience as a female and, and being a professional— that, yeah. that has happened more than once where I know yeah. that I was, I mean, you worked with That's me. That's what I was just going to say. That was kind of they said, much you the need, situation They there. said, you need to turn this, this office around. I said, okay. I turned the office around. And they said, they said no, we're going to do things our way. I said, no, no. I turned the office around and this is how we're doing it now. And you told me that this was my yeah, job. You, and they said, you, you're being, what do you say? You're mouthing off. <laughs> you're popping off. Were the firms that you work at, that you used to work at or whatever, were they diverse? Yes, in Florida. Okay. I, I, was, I never really felt discriminated against until I moved to California. That's another whole argument. Like, that's another whole discussion, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I have theories about why, but that is, like, really another discussion. But when I was in Florida, I felt like the, play, like the playing field was a little more— Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> that's actually kind of funny because I've never felt discriminated against until I went to San Francisco, which is supposed to be, like, the most liberal— <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Just... So is, your, is the firm you work for diverse, would you say? Um, is it for my work for diverse? Oh. Or, you yeah, know, how's I your mean, di- the yeah. diversity been in your it, experience thus far? It's more diverse racially than it is, uh, I guess, with gender. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's more diverse with when you consider that women are 50% of the population. I think like 50 or 60% of law students. Mm-hmm. It's more diverse in terms of race than it is gender. Right. Um, but circling back for just a second... The as a male, though, what I do experience with that is now going back to the holding their hand thing. If I hold their hand and I don't have to, and I happen to not have every answer, then oh, he's a baby, then, yeah. then he sucks. Wow, uh, where so it's like there'll be times where like sometimes there'll be a situation in which you know, I'm like, oh, shit, that's a bad whatever that is, and I'm like, okay, and they're like, oh, what do I do? And I was like, you know what, um. I need to think about this for a little bit. And it's like, what do you mean you need to think about it? How do you not know the answer right away? How do you not know the And then, like, I'll have to deal with, you know, months of them saying, like, you're a rookie or you're a baby. Mm-hmm. The client mm-hmm. treating That's like funny. It's like the two extremes of, like, the gender norm, you know? Oh, men are completely at a disadvantage because they're never allowed to show emotion. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you can extend that to the rest of the world. But Which, it's interesting because it's interesting that, like, so much of— the gender separation culminates in law because the reason like this all happened is because it's like the great, the, the industry with the biggest gender wage gap because there's such little flex time for. Is it really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. Um, I know that. It is. Yeah. Because you're required. I abandoned it. So, so basically <laughs> it was this new and I'll, I'll link it um, in the post when this gets published, but 
um, they basically narrowed down why there's a gap. Because, you know, there's always like back and forth of is there a gap or whatever. And it's not really that there's a gap like women are getting paid less for equal work, but more that women pay the price of flex time because mm-hmm. they are more often the ones that have to take care of an older relative, uh, a, a parent, a child. So law has the biggest gap because there is no flex time. Like they, yeah, you're not going to get those cases. At all. Yeah. It's so I think that's really mm-hmm. interesting. And a question I have after like the diversity thing is like, what I kind of want to talk about is, is it about making law nicer or is it about raising girls to be more equipped to be in industries like that? I think when it comes to, to, as between those two, litigation will not become nicer. I just, litigation is like the- Accommodating, you mean? Yeah, accommodating, but it's just, litigation by its very nature is a combative Mm -hmm. profession. Okay, aside from the flexibility, what else do you think because uh, we were talking about this a little I bit. I thought about it. Now. Yeah, like what else do you think um, makes it negative, not just for women, but maybe more so for women, but ma- makes it more of a hostile environment to go into law? Because we were talking yeah. about, you said, if I have a daughter, right, I don't know if I would encourage her to go into litigation. Right. So right. what do you think those things are that would make you? Well, the one thing I've noticed about law firms, and then and this was a rude awakening for me because I was in law firms for most of my career. Mm-hmm. And then when I went into the corporate world, there's a lot of <clears throat> training about you know communication, about um, sensitivity to other cultures. Right. That, that kind of stuff doesn't exist in law firms. It's like if you can bill 2,400 hours a year, you're a good lawyer. And if you're not, Get the fuck out of here. And it's just like by any means necessary type thing. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just like there's not education. And I, there's not, um, I don't think that a lot of law firms have been, um, have seen the advantages of investing in that type of uh, training and support. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they did, they would see that there are a lot of, it, they'd have better retention, which right. over the long term is actually cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I, I just think that they're very short Short-minded, you know. There's, they have no, yeah. they have no long game. It's unfortunately very, very much a reality. Like they view, especially new associates, as you come in, we squeeze you, you go away, somebody else comes wow. in. Wow, I didn't know and, it was like a high turnover. Oh, Bill Mill, very, very high. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and again, not to be endlessly praising my boss, but like again, he's the exact opposite of that. Nice. Um, he's obviously not Armenian, but he's always asking me about like, oh, so how does that work? He's always right. very inquisitive as to, okay, how does your how does your culture approach this? What do you think mm-hmm, of that? Mm-hmm. Um, is there training for that? No, I don't think there really mm-hmm. is. Um, because almost going back to what you're saying, it's almost like if you're the person that bills 2,400 hours, you get to be racist, you get to be mm-hmm. sexist, you get hmm. to be a prick. And it's just, oh, that, that's his personality. Or yeah. to be honest, I'd say that's her, or his or her personality. Right, right. Like right? if you're up there, they're kind of setting the tone. It's like, oh, well, he's 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 not a racist, uh, psychopath jerk. He has Asperger's. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, he's a fucking asshole is what that person is. Hey, if is. we're going to be able to use that excuse, yeah. like, and like you're I need saying, to know. Like, and I want to make sure I'm clear. Like the firm that I worked for more than once in my life, they're very supportive and they do um, have kind of a, big picture view of what they need to do to retain employees, and they have high employee retention. They've made a lot of women partners. They've given a lot of young women opportunities to be partners and bring in new business and build their practices, and they've supported them, and they've had maternity leave. And so it's possible, 
but they've invested a lot of money in that because right. they saw their employees as an investment. Right. They weren't just trying to churn and burn people out, mm-hmm. and that's why they're successful. I really think across all industries, that has to be the standard. You Absolutely. have to invest most, like the highest priority has to be in the talent. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, even in, you know, the job where we worked, it was kind of, that. that's always the door turner. Like, that's why people mm-hmm. leave. It's because I'm too, like, I'm, I'm talented. I don't need this, you know? Yeah. I don't need to, like, you know, get into this. I mean, but, the only thing that I could give you when I, we worked together was your freedom. Yeah. Because they had no other incentives for employees. Totally. And that's a big incentive for me, honestly. I know. Yeah. But then they fired me. But that office is a perfect example of, like, there was so much talent in that office. Totally. And it all disbanded because they spent yeah. no resources mm-hmm. on what do these people need for their professional development? Right. What do these people need to feel like this is worth eight hours of every day of their lives? Totally. Because people are no longer viewing work the way it was used, it was viewed before. It's like, I want to fucking live my life. I, I only live once. I want to be fulfilled. I want to be happy every day. I want to, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, I, I think it's almost like on the side, but I don't know, I go back and forth on that too because, I don't know, is that like a millennial oh, generation thing? Probably, is it? yeah. Because this I, is a great point. I, I've had this conversation where like, you know, like I'll, I'll uh, talk to my dad about, okay, there's this motion that we're doing. And I'm mad because we're going to lose. I'm frustrated when I'm talking to my dad about that. And he's like, why do you care? He's like, is your boss mad at you? I'm like, no, he's actually kind of saying, like, why are you thinking about this? Just, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. You know? And my dad's position is, why do you care? You're getting paid. Your boss is happy. Why does it right. matter to you if right. you do good work? And I stopped and I thought about it. I was like, wow, it's a very interesting divide between our generations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our generation, at least the majority of my peers, we didn't grow up thinking like, hey, is there, is, is, are we gonna have a roof? Or is our place gonna blow up? Or are mm-hmm, we gonna eat mm-hmm. today? We grew up mostly <clears throat> safe, healthy, and fed. Right. So we kind of looked at, okay, well, what's what are we gonna do that's gonna kind of, the work make us feel accomplished? Totally. Whereas our parents' generation just kind of looked at us like, I need to make money to survive. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my government just collapsed yesterday. Right. So <laughs> what do I do now, you know? Like, oh, shit. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. This, the neighboring country is invading again. Yeah. Like, but I will say, being a little bit older than you guys, and I'm 39, so I'm clearly like not that much older, but I'm definitely not a millennial. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't have a millennial philosophy on things right. most of the time, although I, de- I identify often with, I, I can sympathize, but I manage millennials. And what I will say is that a lot of millennials feel like they deserve something out of the gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's very hard to manage. Right. Because you have people that have been there for a long time, and they've kind of proven themselves. And the millennial comes in, they're like, I, I went to Harvard. <laughs> yeah. my, my mother told me that I'm the most amazing person in the world. Right. And I was like, your mom's a bitch for doing that to you. <laughs> because you're, you're about to get fired. Yeah. You know, and like, I think that that's not every millennial. I, I don't think that there's any label you can put on anyone. But right, I think right. That, like, I'm, a, I'm a millennial. Millennials piss me off, too. So I, I, I totally get it. They just annoy the shit out of me. I'm always like, I'm. Are we? I don't know where the divide is because I don't feel like I'm a millennial, but I do feel like that entitlement thing gets thrown on anybody young. Yeah. And for me, like it, it feels like the the conflict is internal, where it's like, am I pushing for my own value that I know? Yeah. Or am I being entitled? And it's almost like in my head, like, millennials are entitled. Stop being so entitled. Everybody young is entitled. So it almost deters me from even reaching for what I think my full value is sometimes. My advice is to just do the best you can do and 
always push for what you want. Yeah. And then if somebody knocks you down a peg or someone tries to knock you down a peg, but you're doing a good job, they can't. Yeah. The issue is whenever people sit on their laurels and they're like, yeah. I need things. And it's like, <laughs> right. no. And honestly, look, you, at a certain point, you, you learn to self-regulate and self-evaluate. Like, so uh, what you have to do is, uh, I see it all the time. So I'm in court, judge sits down and says, uh, okay, um, we're, we're at a case management conference. We're, we're going to set deadlines for uh, mandatory settlement conference. You guys have to do the mandatory settlement conference by February 19th. Someone says, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I can't have February 19th because I'm going on vacation. Do you have to give a reason? Can mm -hmm. you just say I'm not unavailable? You have to give a reason. You could say I'm unavailable. I mean, it depends you can on the judge. another trial, and sometimes they'll be like, that's nice. You have other attorneys. <laughs> right, no, it really depends on the, the temperament of the judge. I've seen judges say, um, well, I wish I had your foresight. How do you know you're going to be in trial? It's like, well, because it's fucking calendar this day. You know, like, <laughs> so you have judges that are just fucking assholes like that? Yeah. You have judges that'll say, okay, so let's pick another day. You yeah. Know, like, so it does depend on the temperament of the judge. But you'll see a situation which, yeah, oh, I cannot do that day. I'm on vacation. I cannot do that day um, because I'm in trial. I cannot do that day, whatever. Uh, religious holiday. Right. Uh, I don't know any religious holidays. It's a holiday, whatever. <laughs> that, I mean, thing that I know Ramadan, Christmas. dude. Come Ramadan, on. okay. Shout out to my people. So Ramadan. It's Ramadan. Okay, cool. Move on. What needs to happen if we're serious about that, because litigation is not going to get easier. There's no question. Mm -hmm. It needs to become socially acceptable to say, I have to go pick up my kids because I'm a wife and a mother. And right now, those types of excuses are... I've never heard it, and I imagine if it was said, wow. I imagine it would be frowned upon. It would be like, oh... Mm, okay, I guess you can't handle like your responsibilities wow. as a mother. How close? But, I'd be like, like, get your husband to do it. Hmm. Right, or something like like you're saying, like, oh, <laughs> I, I can't do that day because my fucking mom is sick and I have to go right. hold her hand and she's getting chemotherapy, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. You know, you don't see that. And I, and I don't believe that, you know, every time I hear it's an excuse, oh, I have to go on vacation. I don't think we're all going on that many vacations. Totally. You get what I'm saying? So it's almost as a pretextual, whatever it is. But the long and the short of it is, we could accommodate religious holidays. We could accommodate vacations. We could accommodate all those kind of things. We should also be able to accommodate the things that family women are doing, yeah. which is for the family, kids. Well, yeah. men too. Well, totally. I mean, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Do so you that's, think, that's what I think needs to happen. Do you think it's, it's more because the, I, I don't know, and of course so, many, so much of this comes from watching House of Cards and other legal shows. But is it because the legal community is tight-knit and, like you said, oh, it's kind of like frowned upon, that ripples into your reputation as an attorney and, and it's a close enough community where that's a real thing? I don't think so. So what, are you asking if, if you do that, are you going to be known as the person who's got to go pick yeah, up the kids? Yeah, and is there a thing called being known at, like, is it that you, tight of you, a community? I, I can't say it's that tight of a community because I practice in L.A. L.A. is not small. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't, maybe in other communities it's a little bit smaller. Yeah. Maybe. I can't say in L.A. it's like that. But it's, think of high school again. Yeah. It's the, the, the uh, judges are the teachers. And eventually you're going to have that class. And you're going to yeah. hear what people said about them and vice versa. Because I have noticed that the smart lawyers will not wait for the judge to recognize who is this person. They will make, they will figure out ways. So the judge is like, oh yeah, I remember you actually. Right, right. Because it works in your benefit more exactly. often than so not. Exactly. So they know, okay, this person is a person of their word, et cetera. So I think that if you say like, 
uh, I can't do the 16th because I got to go take care of my mom, go pick up my kids. I don't necessarily think that it'll give you like the reputation of no. mm, this person's, something's up with them. So See, long as you do the work. Yeah, I yeah. think and, that and, judges always assume that you're, it's your client's desire to either stall or expedite mm-hmm. trial. Okay. Right. They never <laughs> really think that it's the lawyer at all. Yeah. And then you were saying as long as you do the work, but that's exactly. the, kind of the other problem too is like, you know, you have to go take care of what you have to take care of. And see, I don't think that that should be a burden on a firm or a private business. If you choose to spend your time raising a family, you can do that, but other people shouldn't have to accommodate that. If I mean, honestly, I believe that if you can't bill the hours, if yeah. that's the model. Yeah, I could understand that in law, but I have like my opinions on that kind of thing. One is being that 80% of women who work are going to have kids. So there has to be a foundational change in accommodating like women who... But you have like disability, like short-term You have, yeah, but it's not... I mean, of course, California probably has the highest of Mm -hmm. most of the states, obviously, which is great. But I think that, you know, law specifically, I understand that, I don't know, like you can't really change the structure, but... Mm -hmm. I feel like law really contributes to the the path towards like positions of power, of like judges, politicians. Like that is a real big channel, and if that has a one of the greatest gaps, that, yeah, then yeah. that's a huge deal. You know, yeah. that's kind of the and, and I understand that it's not a pretty playing field, and that if you're a woman, you want to get into it. You know, there's more sacrifice there, or maybe it's about equal partnership or whatever, but. It's a real impact uh, because— That's interesting. I mean, I actually agree with both of those. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> because on one hand, I agree with you. It's, is, it, is it the private business's right. responsibility to in, essentially internalize that cost? I can't say that it is. Yeah. But at the same time, if you do lock out—forget all the other fields for a second. The law controls what you can and cannot do. If you don't accommodate there, what's going to happen? I don't know. That's a tough yeah. one. I just think that— um, you can have flexible work schedules to where after the kids go to bed, you yeah. stay up and you build. Totally. Oh, I think it, it really is going to be a, I mean, I think it's a marriage of the fact that so much is digital these days that, you know, it is accommodating to the point of like telecommuting or working from mm-hmm. home or whatever, those kinds of things. Obviously, I and mean. Those things are huge. Those yeah. things do help you manage all that. Do you think power is gendered? Power is gendered. What does that mean? I mean, actually, that's a hard question. I mean, power do you, I, in America, do you think power has a gender? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, if you're asking this power of a gender, yeah, it's, it does, and it's obviously male. I think it kind of led up perfectly because that's kind of like the bigger, it, like, if you go to the root, you know, it's like, is it inclusion into these fields? Is it encouraging women to, or not even women, like young girls to know that they're, they can go in these fields? Because it's obviously... You know, no, it's I, not just law. I think it's all about communication. I think it's all about the expectations that people have for how women interact with other people. Yeah. I really do think it goes back to that. You know, I got a performance evaluation when I was at Cedar sinai saying that um, I wasn't a people person. Hmm. And that's bullshit. I am a people person. People weren't doing their job. And yeah. I was telling them, you've got to do your job. And they didn't like that, so then they turned it on me that I was a bitch because I had an expectation for them. Right, yeah. You know, and I think that it all had to do with my gender. Yeah. 
Well, let me ask you a question. Why don't you be sneaker about that? Because I've noticed that when I when I the best results that I get is when like I know how to be sneakier about it. So like I can communicate what I want. It's like le- yeah, oh, I did that. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I'm cutting to the point, but you know, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. like you aren't doing your job. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I was diplomatic about it. <laughs> I, I agree that there's definitely an expectation of how you're supposed to act as a woman that that bleeds into work. So it's less like you as a working woman and more just you as a woman mm-hmm. that like people, which obviously like guys or even other women, honestly, because we're all kind of socialized in a similar way. Sure. That's just like, I don't know how to deal with a woman acting like this. Um, but where I felt like <laughs> I was really like clawing forward and really ambitious and I, I've never been in sports, but I'm really competitive when it comes to work. And it was seen negatively in the work world, you know? And, like, maybe in other areas or whatever, it was fine. But in the work world, it was like, look, I want you to be at the registration table. I want you to be the fresh face that people see when they walk in, you know? And that was it. And it was like, if I did anything other than that, that was great. But being, like, you know, appreciated for that, you know, promoted for that, encouraged in that direction, yes, keep going, you're kicking ass, no way. And I need you to be assertive when it serves me. And yes. whenever it serves you, you need to stand at the registration. Yeah. Table. I think that there is going to be a, a shift in um, the mentality of people who run the companies or who run the firms. Like people like your employer who care about that stuff, who view their employees as people first. And then, you know, because I think, like you said, in the long game, there's no long game. If you're in the long game, Give the power players whatever the fuck they want because they're going to keep performing for you. Right. If you, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Wait. Whereas, like, your dad's mentality of, like, is your boss happy? Are you getting paid? Don't ask any questions after that. And I'm taking this anthropology class, and we're learning literally about the beginning of natural gender separation or when they started um, publishing things about why men and women are biologically different and it's all complete bullshit it's hilarious so really it's all really like theory number one biased of course because Mm -hmm. we were like you know going into you know native cultures (laughs) that were different than ours and whatever so it's interesting it's just that who controls the power who controls knowledge who writes these things down and then they become you know oh biologically women you know because they're the caretakers and men are the hunters and it's like well it depends on the society you're talking about. Well, so I guess is the question then, can you, through society, change that? Yeah, I think you can. I think if uh, if somebody is born has no idea what any kind of thing is and you, and you give them the baby to take care of, male or female, and you push that on them, I think you could train them to do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know it's not at all the same thing, but I think for most women seeing a, a baby come from your own body mm-hmm. will give you an attachment that I don't think I'll ever have to a child. Yeah, now, I mean... Uh, now, for every woman, for every woman, no. Yeah. But just when I intuitively think about mm-hmm. that, that argument like that makes, that makes sense to me. Totally. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same thing. I know it's going to sound funny, but like I had this kind of realization with my dog. Like, oh, when I was I, hoping you'd bring up your dog. When, when don't I, worry. When, You're when, in a safe place here. When, when I had the dog, <laughs> when I had Luna... And, like, the first couple of times when I had her, like, something would happen to her. And, like, she didn't understand, like, hey, what the fuck is going on? Oh, no, she she uh, ate a few, but the first time she ate a bee. Okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like, her face was, like, just up, swollen. Yeah. And she just literally came and sat next to me. Like, look at me, started crying. Like, Aww. 
And I'm like, I felt terrible. I'm like, oh, to this dog, like, like she's looking like, dad, help me. Like, why am I in pain? Mm-hmm. You know, and like, she's, she's not only is she not my kid, not only is she not come from my body, she's not even human. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I feel this intense sympathy of like, it's okay. Like, we'll take care of it, make you feel better. Yeah. So now I, I extrapolate that to, now imagine if my child or mm-hmm. my brother's child, finally, my brother's child, who's not mine, my brother's child comes to me and says, hey, like, Something happened to me. I'm scared. Take care. No, like that attachment. One step further, my own child. One step further, my own child that came from my own body. Yeah. So I, I think that that makes sense to me that women can have an attachment to their children that men totally. will not have. I, I think because it's natural, there should be <coughs> subsidized programs. There sh- it should be accommodated because women are in the workforce. Women are their own you know, they're mm-hmm. people, they have ambitions, they're aggressive, they can be lawyers and whatever. But the fact that there is this natural, you know, naturally, if your baby is breastfeeding, you have to be there. I mean, even if your husband is a full partner, like you have to fucking be there. And I think, you know, for the first five years, like maternal attachment is really important, yeah. but, you know, all of that stuff. So my whole thing is like, it it sucks when it feels like something you have to fight for when it's really like a natural thing. I mean, and that trickles down to a million things. Like guys thinking periods are gross is like a quick one, you know, where it's like, it's it's like a, it's a thing like that, where it's like for us, it's a natural thing. And that in a lot of ways is a positive thing. It's a beautiful thing, but socially outcasts you in a lot of ways. Or like for me, I'm 28. And I have a lot of goals for my career. But the kid thing, the kid question is really like, I don't want, I'm nervous about something erasing more <laughs> of my identity, you know? And that's a real, like, it just feels like that. Because I know I, I want to be a good mother, which takes away from my ability to be a good employee or whatever, what those options are. So one- I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't think it takes away from your ability to be a good employee because you can... Because there's a lot of women that have done it. Right. No, of course. Of course. I, I agree. But I feel like... You, like, Are you saying for you, you don't want to have to... I, I wish there was more where it wasn't like, fuck, what am I going to do? Or like, what how, what coverage am I going to have on maternity leave? Or like mm-hmm. those kinds of... Having those questions where instead, instead of it being like, hey, the mass majority of you are going to have kids at a certain point. This mm-hmm. is what the policy... This is what the plan is. This is how we can accommodate it. Not like... This is these are your options and they already feel a little bit limited, you know? Yeah. I feel like if there I was think there are I mean, I do think that there are things. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And there's more across the board, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I get that. It's not an easy thing to um just flip a switch on. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what the importance is of like conversations and things like that is because it is kind of like a duh, like, yeah, obviously, but it's like institutions are kind of slow and you know, those things. And, and I think as a person, like not looking at women as a whole, but just like looking at my own life, it's like, fuck, like, I don't really know. You know, I know California offers like four months, like some pay or whatever, something like that. But that it's a real like, fuck, what are we going to do? Are we going to be able to make this work? Plus the expense of having a kid. When can I get back to work? What does that mean for my own career? And I'm a really career oriented person, even though I really like, I, love kids and I would love to have a kid. I hate the fact that it's like, fuck, all right, I really have to think about this and figure out how to like make it happen and fit it into this like, you know, because I believe that too. I know I'm going to do it and I know it's going to happen. 
But I'm like, God damn it. Can you help me a little bit more? <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you a question about that. So um, I, I don't know that, okay, again, actually, let me take a step back. When I think to myself, like, okay, uh, I, I don't want to work weekends. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't want to work weekends. Um, I want to do something that satisfies me, that pays well. I want those things. The way to do that is to work hard or be smart enough mm-hmm. where you can demand those things. And I don't know if that makes me like a hyper-capitalist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think the thing that you're asking for is that you want to be accommodated to have children. I think saying that the law or the business has to accommodate that, I, don't, I, can't, say that I, have to agree, I, I can't say that I agree with that. Because in other words, I think the real way that that happens is that it's almost like I am so good at the job or I produce such value or whatever that this is a part of what I'm negotiating for. Is yep, I want mm-hmm. to be accommodated for that. Right. Because even though like I am very sympathetic to what you're saying, a part of me realizes like, okay, it's just on a large scale. I don't know that that's sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I frankly don't know that that's right. Because then what you're going to have is a society where it incentivizes people to, in essence, have kids and not do these other things because they think to themselves, oh, well, if I have right, kid, right. here are the benefits to it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm just yeah, kind of like... Yeah, like, here's like, a perfect example of if you do a good job and you're dedicated to what you're doing and you're focused on your career, when the time comes for you to have a family, if you're in a good place, like where I work, for mm-hmm. example, I've been in this job for a month. Mm-hmm. I'm promoting two people. One of them is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like 18 weeks. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. She does a good job. We'll deal with her maternity leave when the time exactly. comes. Totally. I don't even think exactly. about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that's yeah. more progressive than most, I would say, honestly. But I think it's I, you know, I think it's I think it's happening. I, I also do know that California is way ahead than a lot of other states. But there's also the issue of like women who are working who already have kids, you know, sing, like I think it it put it's like this like dichotomy of like work or you know you want to work or you want to do all this stuff but then this like i you know your whole like womanhood and this idea of like procreating and having a kid and raising that kid right and i think it's of course you have to like rise above those pressures in a lot of ways but it's difficult it really is difficult i feel like i work really if i work really hard i came from a family that was able to give me like a, a good head start and all of that stuff, and I still worry about that. Mm-hmm. Then I can't even imagine somebody who didn't have those kinds of advantages and how much they're worrying about that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that kind of thing where I don't think it has to be maybe like pri- like private businesses' uh, responsibility, but maybe like our government's responsibility and like giving a shit about women and the fact that like. Like I said, like 80% of women are going to be mothers. So what does that mean? Does that mean we encourage, you know, subsidize like childcare or something like that, you know, where it's, we are included in the national dialogue of like what is needed for us because we're part of the workforce, you know, and Mm -hmm. we're, you know, an essential part of that workforce. And I think there is an underlying fear that in government, at, at least, that, if these things are available, like I think there is a fear of women gaining power, you know, for traditionalists and stuff like that. So offering those things means better access for women to get into positions of power where they have kind of support. And I think that scares 
traditionalists or people who are, see power as like, it's traditionally been this way. It's mostly like men at the top. And, you know, it, I think it's easy to separate until you're a woman who's like working up that ladder. And then it's like, no, dude, I'm just like you. I work just as hard as you, if not more so. But I shouldn't have to like, you know, it's like when it's convenient, it's like, well, don't have a kid if you don't have a kid. And it's your decision if you want to do that. But it's like, no, but it's, you know what I mean? It shouldn't be like that. This is fucking human nature. We're procreating for the planet. Like, well, I guess let me ask you a question on that point then. So what, what do you think is an equivalent of, I, mean, I can't think of one, but how are men accommodated uh, in that way by the government? Like, oh, okay. They're not. I, I don't know what the equivalent would be. They're really not. And I think they should, at least in the paternal way, they're not. I like, mean, more companies have to are. Be paternal way. Uh, like just so, for example, like okay, let's just assume men. Oh, you know, men are violent. We'd like to break them. Right? Okay. So, so should the government subsidize? Like, hey, you know what? Like uh, every year, you get like 50, 50 hours paid to go break something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think. Like, yeah. What's like the male equivalent? You know, of? I think if I were to think of an, the, an advantage that male men I'm have. Sorry, the, the reason I ask that is because that's why I think intuitively a lot of people, especially men, have a problem with that. It's like, wait a minute. Like, I'm not accommodated. So the other thing, that which I'm trying to think, what would that be? These Mm. things aren't accommodated. That's my problem. I have those things. That's my problem. I had a response to that, actually. I think that if men took more of a role in raising children, Mm -hmm. then it would level the playing field. And we'd fight for the same cause because it's just as important for you guys to be there for, you know. I think that it's like it solves everything because, you know, men have— flexibility and so and women have flexibility and that way they're both equally able to dedicate time to their work and I'm not saying and that to their kids yeah and I'm not saying that it's men's fault necessarily that they're not but the right. way that the way the whole gender role like when you're saying should we have 50 hours to go kill something oh, or what, I don't know what that is no, yeah, yeah. but I think that the answer is that if there wasn't an expectation that we have the sole responsibility of taking time off of work and raising children and if a man requires paternity leave oh my god what's wrong with him he's so weird you know that yeah. that is a that disadvantages women in the mm-hmm. long run too because we we bear the sole burden of doing totally. that shit and some of us don't want to do that and some of us some totally. women like I want children but whoever I end up with, he may be better at you know child rearing when they're young. Right. I right. may be a better breadwinner. It's like I having that option. When if you don't, you know, if you don't have that option, then that's the thing. Is like then you don't have that option. Then yeah. it's the woman that has to stay home because that. Like I feel like for men, if a a I feel like if you can't think of what that thing is, then there is no that thing because. Well, I mean, I can't, but it's all like very vulgar and crude. <laughs> I mean, whatever you know, whatever elevates women, elevates men, because it's balancing the playing field and, mm-hmm. you know, it's all kind of necessary. And I think that I agree. Like, I'm married and I feel like it, it's crucial for my husband to be a part of that. He does most of the cooking in the house. Like, he, he likes to cook and do all those things. So we're already in our own life blurring those traditional roles. And it's like having that kind of um, ability to do so in, in the working world, you know? And I'm like that too, where I, when I, and I know that this might change with, you know, when I get pregnant, when I have a kid, which I probably will. But the way I think of it now, it's like, A, when I think of maternity leave, I think of like all the time I'll have to work from home and I'll probably get so much done. (laughs) I think about that. And then I also think about, I think about it from a strategic standpoint because I care about my career that much. And, you know, it's like, 
And there's that other side where it's like, I, I can't really push having a kid. So I might not be at a point in my career where everything is like nice and tight and I have maternity leave that's set and my employer is like matching my pay or whatever. But it's like, fuck, I'm 28. So like, I got to think about this because I don't really know when I'm going to do that and where my career is going to be. That's kind of the conflict. It's like, if that wasn't kind of a burden on the shoulders of women largely, then how much more would women accomplish in 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 the working world, in positions of power, like I feel like it would be amazing, but you kind of have that thing pulling you back a little bit. And so are you assuming that if that option was available that people would execute on that? Because I do actually have doubts about that as well. Like execute on having a kid if there were resources that kind of helped you? Well, what I mean by that is like, okay, so I, I myself make a decision. I work at a smaller firm right now and I've thought, okay, do I want to go work for a bigger firm and make X amount of more money? Mm-hmm. Or what do I want to do with that? And right now, like, I've made the conscious choice. I, I have that option. Right. I could go be that person that just all I care about is work. And I've done that. And I realized, you know what? It's actually not very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Kind, of like, kind of like what you're saying. It's like, I don't know what really the point of this is. Mm-hmm. So do you think that if most women had that option of like, okay, well, you know, I could go become the breadwinner, whatever they would. I don't know that they would execute on that. They might not. It depends on every woman. And, but and it's, a, it's nice to have that option just like I think men like have to a certain degree maybe not you know the ability to i think actually if we had that option then you guys would have that option like Mm -hmm. what if you don't want to fucking be the breadwinner you know what if when you have a kid you're like fuck like this is what life is about for me you know it's like it would depend largely on the ability of your wife to have a career that accommodated certain things or paid her you know or or was at least uh like open enough for women to thrive the way that a man would thrive and be able to be the breadwinner. It's kind of like that. Like, if we have the option, then you have the option. And that's amazing. It's just like being emotional or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. if you kind of open those things, then it really opens it up for everybody. You're like, I'm going to quit tomorrow. Let's have a kid. No, I actually, <laughs> I, I like my job. No, I, I do too. That's why I think I like my job. I like working. I, you know, I, I want it to kind of, and, the thing that bothers me, too, is that, you know, it, we have the Internet, and it's all possible. It's totally possible, but it's, like, it's more the ideas that are harder to, like, change or the idea that it's, like, no, it'll still be great, and women can, will kick ass, and then you'll have a more balanced and more equal government and more equal Congress or, or whatever, Supreme Court and all that shit, so— yeah, that's fair. I, no, I, I, I feel I'm bad. Thinking of, I'm thinking You're the of, only uh, guy at the table, and I don't want you to think we're like using no, you as I like. I have a middle. I mean, I'm kind of like moderate. Have, yeah, totally. I don't, I don't you are. We have that radical views. No, we don't. Yeah. We don't. It's the that's what I'm saying. It's the infrastructure. I don't know. I guess I, I guess I've never really had that problem myself because like family's always been important to me. Like children are important to me. So like I've already knew. Mm-hmm. If not, you know. Do you think about what your career is going to be like when? Or if and when you guys decide to have kids at yeah, all? Yeah, of course I do. I mean, I have to kind of balance that. Um, yeah, I, I do think about that. But again, it's like one of those things where like I don't, I try not to overthink it. Okay, mm-hmm. when I have kids, it's going to be matter. It's going to matter to me. So I'm going to I'm going to handle that situation because it's like, okay, uh, circle back for a second. We recently bought a place, right? Okay, congrats. So, thank you. Um, and when we were in that period, I was like, kind of like thinking about, oh, like, you know, can I afford this? Is this a good idea? This, that. And, you know, I'm going through my statements and I'm like, well, I'm going to the bar with my friends once a week and I'm spending $200 a 
a week. Or, or, like, Can we go drinks. out with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? We're just going out with a bunch of friends and spending money on drinks. It's like, well, if I want to buy a home and live comfortably, maybe I shouldn't go out and do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's just kind of the way I think about things. It's like, okay, well, the, the home is now important to me. Yeah, you're so accountable. It, yeah, so that, so that means that if instead of going out once every week, to do that and spending $200 on the bar, I have to go once a month or not do that, then I make that decision. Okay, you know, I'm sorry. I got to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. And I just view that same thing with, with children or with whatever is important to me. Mm-hmm. I could overthink it and say, oh, you know, what cost is having my work? Or I could say, hey, you know what? Work matters. Family matters. How do I, how do I build everything else around that? Right, right. Work isn't going to bite out of family. Family's not going to bite out of work. Those things are both very important to me. They stay there. Everything else gets shaped and molded the way it needs to get shaped. Does your um, job currently offer paternity leave? Do you know? If- I don't know. I've never had that conversation. Yeah. How how but, many hours do you work currently, like as a litigator, like a day? I know I don't know, like billable, whatever. But like, I, I okay. Let me just put this way: I work between forty to sixty-five hours a week. Jesus, I do the same though, not yeah. in litigation anymore. Like, if you like your job, yeah, you're like working all the time. Hey, you work a lot, but yeah. that's okay. Is uh, there a flexibility in terms yeah. of like, like, if you did have a kid, would you be able to rack those billable hours off of your laptop at home or whatever? Is that is it pretty like digital? Depends on the firm. It depends I on suppose, the job. I suppose you could do that, but I have friends that do it. I, I, I know that's that good. my boss in particular wouldn't. He wouldn't care about that, but. I just, I don't think that I would see the need for that. I feel like there are other ways I could do it. All right, yeah. Because to yeah, be honest, okay. I, hate, I hate working from home. When I'm at home, I don't want to work. All right. I don't want to think about work. That's fair, yeah. It just fucks up, fucks up my mind because then all I'm doing is thinking about work. But again, going back to what I was saying in terms of the, the culture of the workplace, the previous firm, hey, I need to go to my friend's one-year mm-hmm. one year thing, oh, frowned upon. I'm not talking about paternity leave. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about one day, Yeah. frowned upon, unacceptable. You know, anytime... Like I said, with my current boss, there's, uh, we had a family a family situation, non-fatal, just family situation happened a week ago. <clears throat> Text my boss, no problem. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I imagine with if it's children, whatever. Are yeah. there a lot of women at your law firm? No, but we're not a large firm, so. Okay. Do you work with a lot of women? Mm-hmm. Nice. We only have, uh, I have 15 people on my team and two are men. Cool. Like, I work at the maxi pad. <laughs> um, I like it. Are there any like cases you guys are following? Do Do you feel like when you're kind of in it, you're more interested, less interested in like pop culture <laughs> things I'm that never are happening? interested in pop culture? I like had to Just read this stuff and I was like, look at what's happening <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I even printed it like an old lady. I saw that. I, I was notes? like. I literally, when I opened the bag, I was like, did she bring her work notes? I might as well keep these in the bag. I was ready to talk about this shit. Let's talk about it. Daniel Holtzclaw. Practicing law has made me absolutely hate Really? Talking to people, pop culture-wise about law. Because the thing is, you kind of know what's actually going on, and people will come to you, and they'll be like... like, What do you think? Like, (laughs) I have people that, like, will read some stupid thing on Reddit, and they'll come and they'll try to explain to me how, like, that works. And I'm like... Don't, don't fucking do that. Like yeah. the top comment said. Yeah, it's like um, some asshole. I'm like, I don't, yeah. get, don't do that to me. Like and so, Facebook is like, kill me. I saw your post. I laughed so hard. And, and I can't just, wait till the election's over. Uh, and then it just becomes this thing where it's like, you either have to kind of just humor the person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. get into an argument with them, and then they leave that conversation. Think, oh, he's a fucking asshole. Well, let's talk about Kesha because you're a litigator and okay. it's a contract. 
lawsuit. So my understanding is what? That she's in this uh, contract with Sony. She's accusing this guy of rape, and she's saying that that should be a, a grounds to get out of the contract? Yes, that she does not feel safe working with this um, producer who is signed under Dr. Sony. Dr. Luke. Basically, uh, <laughs> it ended up that they denied the motion because the contract was like ironclad and they had sunk like 60 million into her career and she has to stay in the contract and she's contractually obligated to produce six other six albums until she's done but they said that she did not have to be in the same room with him but she's still signed to his like uh record label which is under sony well the thing that i i read this article that you sent me because as much as I like Kesha, I don't really give a shit what's happening with her. Do you uh, like Kesha? I mean, as much as anyone else on the radio. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, yeah, like as a. I'm indifferent to her. Got it. Is what I'm saying. I don't That's, dislike yeah. her. That's how um, I am with all celebrities. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. They're I, famous. I don't care either way. And I read this article, but I read it interestingly after the Daniel Holtzclaw article that you sent me, mm-hmm. and it it was interesting how they kind of like resonated like. The argument that I have is re- referencing okay. them both. Because here you have a case where this police officer is doing a search of open warrants and he's finding women that have warrants for arrest and then he's sexually harassing them or sexually assaulting them using his position of power, threatening them, if you don't do this, you're going to go to jail. Right. And then I read this thing about Kesha who basically is upset that she made a bad fucking deal and now she has to work for this guy and then she had no problems with him until, you know, like she had every opportunity to get out of this mm-hmm. like before her big hit came out mm-hmm. and she didn't yeah, because like she 10, wanted to be famous. 10 years, 10 years. And she's been honest and open about that, the fact that she didn't want to leave this guy because she wanted to be famous and mm-hmm. he was a big time producer. So it's like when I read them side by side, as much as I sympathize with Kesha, right. this was not a life and death thing for her. She chose to be objectified because she wanted to make fucking money. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that I can't get on board with her. Yeah. Now, whenever I read about these poor women that are, you know, from probably lower socioeconomic totally. Just areas, driving home. they've got they've all got drug charges, which tells me that it's probably a larger problem. And the and I have a and I have a big problem with you know, the way that we treat addiction in this country in general. Mm -hmm. So this guy is, like, taking advantage of his power. Like, why the fuck does a cop ever have to do a search for open warrants unless they've got the the person in front of them? Like, why do they have ability to do that? Like, why do they have that discretion? So he's, like, using his power to take advantage of these poor people. So, like, when I read them together, I'm like, fuck Kesha. Yeah. I'm sorry. And it it definitely, like, brings up the other, like, uh, you know— we talked about whether power is gendered, but it's also like, is power racially heavier on one side, you know? Because I think even with Erin um, Andrews, who's like the ESPN, whatever, mm-hmm. and she had that horrible, like some guy was stalking Marriott? her. Yeah. He like saw the people yeah. off. And, and he like, put a fucking camera. And he like, room. yeah, he did all this thing and whatever, and she won like 55 million, which obviously her fucking, and this was like in 2008, so it's t- taken a while for her to kind of sort through all this. But it is also like, Daniel Holt's call was like 12 people. And like the the amount of, I think with Kesha, like I think that in rape and sexual charges, there's always this like initial thing of like talking about the, the victim, you know, which I think, I don't know if she was victimized or not. I don't think she's ever going to be able to prove it, even if she was. But I don't know. It is kind of messy. Like I, I do agree that, you know, 10 years is a long time, but she did go to, 
she, she went to like rehab for an eating disorder that she's also blaming on his like emotional abuse or something. Isn't there a law in California where you can't use like character evidence for sexual assault cases? Yeah, it's it's I forget what it is, but there's there's a uh, you know evidence you could use that goes to uh, are they generally going to do it? Mm-hmm. Are they maybe going to do it as a specific instance? I forget what it's mm-hmm. called. I haven't done enough of that, but you're right. Mm-hmm. You can't use it for certain things. And like in this, in all these cases, they're kind of talking about like, well, this person's a piece of shit, so let's just not believe them that well, they were I mean, sexually yeah, assaulted. Yeah. Keep in mind, which again is why I fucking hate these kind of things. It's uh, jury by the media. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's terrible. I'm sorry, totally. ju- trial by the media, and that yeah. just drives me crazy. Totally, totally. People, people will just look at it like from this, from the, again the Kesha thing. I didn't actually even know that it had been that long, so that even makes it even more, even worse. Like. So you waited this long, you didn't, you didn't give a shit, now you're bringing this up. Yeah. And then the question becomes, like, even with, like, Bill, Bill Cosby, who it's, like, growing increasingly obvious that he's done these things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it frustrates me that the mere accusation of it, so all Ke- Kesha has to do is just accuse this person. And, yeah, and, yeah. and then, then now, like, oh, the contract is void? Like, just think about if you set that standard. Right. Which, again, that's... Mm-hmm. The thing in that, but Look, it's it, a- it, 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 if it turns out that she has made these claims, it's substantiated, etc., then yeah, I'm completely on board. Totally. You, she was deposed in 2011 and she denied it. You know what I mean? And then it's like, mm-hmm. if you're doing it like that. But well, what like, about the, I, like the. But here's the thing in the current case, the mother says, I wanted her to come forward a long time ago and end this relationship with Dr. Luke immediately after the rape. But if she wanted to have a shot at the music industry, she had no choice but to work with him. So she made a choice. Right. This guy's a piece of shit. Everyone admits he's a piece of shit. Yeah, and you can tell other people in the industry agree that because a lot of people rallied behind her, and I don't think they would risk their reputation if they— Right. And the industry's pretty small. But bringing in the Cosby case, because my cousin was over, um, and she was arguing that— you know, uh, the father of, in the show Seventh Heaven was accused of molesting children. And she was like, they didn't pull his show off. And like, of course, there's like the idea of like crucifying this man who was like a, a father figure they in the did, They did community. crucify the Seventh Heaven guy. I remember that. He lost. I'm, what I'm thinking I, is like, I don't remember. I don't know. I'm like, are they just, still that, that guy's it? not as big as Bill Cosby. I think that's the real reason. Yeah, I mean— yeah, and I, I don't know if there was fewer accusers, of course, with Bill Cosby. And then she also brought up the idea, like, these women had a goal. And they knew that they were they were all, like, young actresses, young models in the industry. But for me, it's like, I understand that there could, there's definitely probably, like, a, you know, decision-making flaw there with mm-hmm. Kesha, with maybe the women who are, like, spending private time with an older man like Bill Cosby or whatever. But I think it's the culture also, especially in Hollywood. Right. Especially in Hollywood. So So you make millions of dollars. Yeah. And it's, of course, the culture around women and, like, what we were even talking about where, like, you kind of flex certain feminine things or whatever. To fuck to get ahead? Is that the idea? Not even to fuck to get ahead. Really to, like, be feminine to get ahead or whatever. Whatever the idea is. Because when you're younger and, like, look at... I mean, it's happening now and even to a higher degree of, like, the idea that, like, sexuality leads to empowerment or like being a sexual object is empowering or whatever. This idea that's like planted in like young women's head that like, no, this this is gonna work for you. Flirt or whatever, or be like, I, I don't even consider it flirting if like you're nice to the guy because you wanna build a rapport. But it's hard for a woman to be nice to a guy in power because A, they either think you're trying to fuck to get on ahead or they're trying to get in your pants. You know, it's never like a, no, like 
with guys, I think it, it's less of like you're obviously not trying to sleep with them or whatever. Maybe in like yeah, I mean, they're going to assume that. They're going to assume, gonna assume that, yeah. Right? They can largely assume that. With women, it's like trying to find the line of like how much can I? How much does is this dream worth to me? You know, and maybe for her it was like. Uh, you know, I don't know, like, I guess maybe I, like, let him on, or, like, I flirted, or I, I am, he is helping me, you know, but does that make it right that he violated her in, in those terms? And, yeah, it took long, but I think that's normal in, you know, victims of sexual assault. Her mom was saying she had no choice she had to do that. So every single successful female artist has fucked this guy? No, yeah, that's true. Exactly. But yeah, victim yeah, every, culture is but pretty suppose, regular, well, like, in that way. Maybe they didn't fuck that guy, but they fucked some guy. Yeah. So maybe, and with Bill no, Cosby. I feel bad for her. I do. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, like, Right, but it's, like, a series of choices. But it's, like, to. the way that she's, like, oh, my God, this happened to me. And it's, like, so let me get this straight. This happened to you six years ago before you were right. rich, and now that you're a freaking millionaire, you want to get out of your contract? And exactly. Right. And that's, that's also part of the thing. It, it, it just reeks of I'm trying to get out of my contract. Right. It's not but, this thing of like, oh, well, let me press criminal charges against this guy. It's, I should get out of my contract. Yeah. After six years ago that it happened. It's like, okay, so that's why you, no one's going to be sympathetic to that. It's obvious what you yeah, did. It's you rough. slept with this guy to get ahead. And now you're not even upset that you were sexually assaulted. You're just trying to get out of the contract. I, don't, I think it it's like. like messy. It's definitely messy because, yeah, she didn't come forward earlier for sure. But I think like the... The core thing is, like, mentally she thought, even if she, like, let this happen or didn't report it, she thought that whatever decisions she was making were going to lead to a better result. Like, she would be successful and it would be fine and, like, whatever. Maybe it'll be worth it, you know? But I also feel like, you know, like, celebrity cases like this get scrutinized so much, but, you know, there are, like, thousands of untested rape kits and, and, you know, like— I think the culture around victims who come forward with like rape is rough already. Mm-hmm. And it's, then when you're a celebrity, I remember I'll never forget this. And you may I may or may not know. So you, you you should check this out after we're done. I remember I learned this in law school. It was kind of crazy when I heard it. It's something like <laughs> like ninety. It's like in the ninety percent ninety percentile of women who are raped. It's like they just basically end up like either killing themselves or like never telling anybody. It's like never normal again. It's just like, it's so fucking bad. And it's it's kind of crazy because the law in that sense, in terms of just accusing is stacked so heavily in their favor. And every time I look at that, I'm like, it's like, why don't you, why the fuck is that the reality of it? Yeah. It's interesting because that's true. Like if you, if you're able, and I think like the rape, kit thing is crazy because those are people who did exactly what they say you're supposed to do, which is like, go to a fucking police station, get a rape kit done, you know, do all of these things. And I also feel like, I mean, this came up a little bit with our former boss and like the lawsuit and everything where like some people were accusing sexual harassment and stuff like that. I think like it is not like easy to accuse somebody of sexual assault or like even be like put yourself out there in that way where I remotely believe that people would do that for their gain or at least like anything close to the majority would do that. And I think like statistically like false rape accusation is the same as any false accusation of any crime and it's about like 2% where it's like it's not the majority but like for sexual assault and rape there's always this like well what, what could she have to gain by like coming forward with this. And for me, like, I, I wasn't even part of, like, the sexual assault or, or harassment thing in the lawsuit, the class action or whatever that we brought. 
But it was really like uncomfortable, even just having to go to court, having to produce documents. You know, do you have anything that, like, there's so much that's required of you evidence-wise that it's just like, fuck it, fuck it. I don't want to do this. There's actually a great um, This American Life episode about that. It's called The Anatomy of Doubt. And it's really, really amazing. It's kind of about that. It's about, like, how slight doubt can lead to, like, you know, and then the victim is dealing not only with this sexual assault and rape, but, like, the reactions of everyone around them and, like, fuck, is this even worth it? Fuck it, never mind, you know? So I think with Kesha, like, I'm sure the stakes were different and it was, like, a lot of money riding on it and contractually, but, you know, it's not easy to bring forward. You don't get to pick, though, whenever you want to bring a claim. You don't get to pick— you don't get to endorse I mean, as far behavior. as the result, as far yeah. as the result. Well, you, you know? also don't get to like endorse behavior for X amount of years totally. and then be like, you know, I think, I'm done with the, I think I'm done with this dynamic now. I mean, right. I, there's like, there is like the Stockholm type. Yeah. I mean, there is like a, situations where like you really do feel like you're trapped and like you. But do you feel like even if they didn't get her out of this contract, should there be more attention paid to like, did this fucking really happen? Or, or is this person kind of a like a predator or whatever and like yeah maybe she fucked up and like you dealt with this for 10 years but that's kind of acknowledging that she dealt with it so this was happening if it was happening there's a you know you mean predator on her end like she's she's no on on his end like if, if the question is like why did you wait so long to come forward then it's like acknowledging that like this has been happening for, for X amount time. of years but the last thing I read which it wasn't confirmed was that Sony is dropping him as a producer under their label, but he's denying it. But I feel like, it, you know, of course, the media, like you said, but when I read it, I was like, damn, is this happening? And now people are probably going to pressure them to actually yeah. do it. I wonder <laughs> if it's going to happen. Sadly, I, and if Sony's doing it, it's not because that happens. Oh, they're, they're, tired, they're tired of the publicity. Totally, and that's going to cost too much them money. A, he's too much of a liability for them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's... Not what comes off. That's not what comes off as smelling funny to me about this. Mm-hmm. In terms of, oh, you waited a long time. I get that, but yeah, I, I think on the other side, well, maybe she was fucking scared. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it took a while before she realized, you know what? I'm enough of this shit. Or that this is wrong, inappropriate behavior, or whatever. Or whatever. Or maybe he, maybe he crossed the line. Maybe it was just like, okay, you know what? We do this every now and then. Maybe right. now he's just like, he did that and he beat the shit out of her or something. So I don't the know. Yeah. Is, is that she benefited from it for a long time? Yeah. It's not that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's why I think in a lot of people's minds and hearts, it's like, okay, I can't support you. Just it mm-hmm. feels wrong and it smells wrong. For me, but, it's like yeah. you're not even you're not even making this. A, you're making this about getting out of the contract. That's just what's weird. Yeah, to me. you're not even suing for damages. Or I, don't, I don't think she. I think she knows that she can't. Like, I feel like there must have been a strategic like thing of like, so look, we why, don't why have enough she? to like bring anything real forward. You know? Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. this is the best you could do. Yeah, and I think like. Hollywood and that industry in particular really like, I don't want to say like condones that, condones that behavior and like not encourages women, but I think some of the Cosby accusers told their agents who were like, listen, just don't, don't bring this on yourself right now. You're trying to build a career. You don't need this fucking drama. And I think that's the culture that needs to change of like, well, you can either bring about this lawsuit and be like, you know, crucified on one side about whether you're lying and, like, your career's probably going to get fucked either way, which a lot of Cosby accusers were like, my career went down the drain after after that or after I came forward or any of that stuff. So it's like, whether it's real or imagined or, you know, like, kind of manifested in your mind, it's like, what am I going to lose from this? And So you, I think what you're saying is that you think that given the fact that she has so much to lose from this, you think that it's coming from a not bad place. That's I think that's essentially— I think it took her 10 years to figure out what the fuck she was going to do. Like, 
is this worth it? Like, and maybe at the 10 year point, it's like, fuck, like, yeah, I'm making money. I'm making music, but I cannot be under, I can't be with this person anymore. Like that was the breaking point. My other thing is like, interestingly, you brought up her mom's quote is like, where is your mom? Like, where is your mom? How old were you when you signed with this guy? Like, you know, that, that's also like a a concern. She like called her mom from the hotel room before she was even famous saying, I think I got raped. And her mom's like, then her phone died. And then she called me a couple days later. So it sounds like basically her mom kind of took the attitude of like, yeah, that's what you got to do to get ahead. That's, that's what know. I'm getting Yeah, maybe like, a, are you sure? Are you sure you did? Or your first thing is kind of like, really? And it's like, well, they're, you know, and maybe it does come off for different people differently. Oh, I absolutely believe that this guy probably sexually harassed her. Yeah, she just didn't. I just have an issue with when she's coming out now and yeah. everyone's calling her so brave and she's <sighs> saying, don't be afraid to speak your mind. Unless, of course, you're going to lose a lot of money and then wait 10 years right, and then right. be a hero. And wait. that's my it's, issue. It's a, yeah, it's well, flawed for sure. For sure. I, I do feel sorry for her, though. I know, but I agree. I agree that she probably did have that internal dialogue of like, all right, if I do this, this is potentially over, you know, and Sony will probably be like, well, then fuck that. We're not going to sign you because Dr. Luke is our producer or whatever. I do agree with that, but I agree that she's probably young. And as a young woman, I I don't doubt that like that was a difficult like decision to make. And maybe some women feel like, hey, that's a little bit of the price you pay at some points in your career. I don't know. I mean, I think that there's always an argument that you can make. Yeah, and that's and that, exactly, and that's the craft. Hmm. Yeah, that's the craft. Well, I do love those shows, by the way. <laughs> I just want you to know I respect your work. Which ones? House of Cards. Oh, God, I can't get into that. Oh, man, it's so good. It I just like came Kevin back. Spacey. You don't like, like Kevin Spacey. I know. Everyone I like that. him, I and I can't him. get into House of Cards. I'm like, don't care. It takes a lot of... Um, I like he's found down. Hmm. All right. I, good Wife, do you watch that? Nope. I kind of fell off, but that was a good That reaction movie. that you said is exactly... What Everybody's we're... reaction? Kevin Spacey, I feel like, carries himself as an actor... An actor. Who, actor, yes. Who who thinks that you don't recognize how good of an actor he is. That's yeah. The, and that's the this is I'm like, dude. He's like, watch this shit. Yeah, just just you have no idea how good I am. And you it's know like, why? It's because of fans like me who are like, no, show me. And he's they, like, right now I feel like the president. I'm literally the president. He right just comes off like he's like, you have no idea how good I am. And it's like oh, you're kind of just okay. You did the usual suspects. <laughs> I'm like, listen, good Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. You played a badass gay Southerner, and I, I, I love like party him with you. In House of Cards just takes like you have to listen to every single line. It's not a stoner's show, which makes it hard for me sometimes. Yeah. But thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. You know, I know A, that your jobs are intense, so there's no flexi time. So I'm then, like Thank you for taking your evening time Thank and um, spending time with us. And it was fun. Yeah, you guys are amazing. Thank, Thank you. you, and thank nice. you for having us. Whoa.